One Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. Why don't you get your Bible this morning, wherever you're at, uh, grab a Bible, and uh, this is maybe the one moment that you can't use your digital Bible, because you may be watching on your phone or iPad or computer, and so I always love to have a a physical Bible, so you can get your paperback, leather-bound, whatever it is, Bible this morning, and uh, grab a notebook if you can. Maybe you need to fill up your cup of coffee, and we're just going to take a few minutes uh, as a church just to gather around the Word of God today, and um, we often speak through series at at one church, and we have just been in a series called Thrive, Uh, but today I felt like the Lord put a word on my heart that's specifically for this moment, and so if you have your Bible, grab it and turn with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 40, the book of Isaiah chapter 40. Um, I, I'm just looking into the camera today, but I know you're on the other end. I know some of you are watching on Facebook or on YouTube, uh, so you can feel free just to interact. This is kind of the one moment that you can talk during church, so you can interact, encourage each other, even as you hear the word. But Isaiah chapter 40, and I want to just read a few verses this morning. I think we have them to put on the screen uh, from verse 28 to verse 31, and it says this, Have you not known? Have you not heard? Did you get the word, in other words? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. In other words, when everything else comes to its limit, when everything else reaches the end of its ability, there is no end to the ability of our God. Have you heard? And then he goes on to say this, his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary and the the, the young men shall utterly fall. Everybody has their limits, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I love all of those declarations that Isaiah is giving us under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that we shall renew our strength. Maybe you feel a little tired today. Maybe you're already feeling a little exhausted in this season that we're in. There's good news. We can renew our strength. It says they shall mount up with wings like eagles. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with how eagles fly, but eagles fly differently than a crow. An eagle soars. When a storm comes, an eagle actually positions its wings to fly, to soar, not flapping its wings, but it actually flies at rest above the storm. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I don't know about you today, but that's an encouraging word from the scripture into my heart today, that there is renewal, there is refreshment, there is strength, there is stamina available to us. But all of those words hang on one little phrase, that if we don't catch it, we will miss all of the benefits that God makes available to us. And it is this phrase, those who wait on the Lord. 
And uh, I would love it if it just said those who believe or if those who just um, acknowledge, but it doesn't say that. It says those who wait. And here's the challenge with waiting is that none of us like to wait. I don't know if you're like me, but I hate to wait. If I can, by any means necessary, avoid waiting, I will do it. When I go to the grocery store and I see a few lines backed up, I stop and I plan my strategy on which cashier looks like they're going to get me through that line the quickest. When I see a red light ahead of me, I'm looking for that shortest line. I'm looking for the fastest car because I hate to wait. Uh, I avoid going to the DMV as much as possible. I look for any other way that I can get my work done uh, without having to wait. And so I think probably most of us hate to wait because waiting feels like a waste. We love to be productive. We love to get things done. And waiting doesn't really give us something that we can check off the list of productivity. It actually just feels like we're doing nothing. And the reality is that all of us right now, whether we like it or not, we are kind of stuck in a period of waiting. Even as we're praying and we're watching uh, the events unfold in our world, this week we were placed under a mandatory shelter-in-place um, here in Orange County. And so we're just kind of stuck at home. And there's not really a whole lot to do other than just wait. And it can be so frustrating as we're just stuck at home. Uh, you know, some of us feel like, man, I've got work to do. This is totally messing up my 2020 goals and strategy and all of those things. And we can feel like we're stuck. And being stuck produces frustration. Being stuck uh, causes us to just feel like a caged animal, like I just have to get out of here. But there's a difference between being stuck, which produces frustration and which produces fear. I I'm not sure if I'm going to get out of this situation. There's a difference between being stuck and waiting, or what Isaiah calls waiting on the Lord. You see, what Isaiah is talking about, waiting on the Lord, is not doing nothing. It's actually perhaps not doing things physically, but it is still being engaged spiritually. In fact, the word that we translate waiting in the Hebrew is the word kavah, kavah. And it means to be bound together or to be twisted together, to be consumed with another. In other words, it's like a piece of rope being joined together. And although it may seem like not much is happening, through that joining together, it is not being stuck. It is actually being strengthened. And here's the good news I want you to know. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. That although we may feel stuck... Although we may feel like we're just waiting for this to pass and we're praying for God to really um, to, to drive this sickness back over our nation. Here's the good news. Are you ready for it? That while I'm waiting, God is working. I'm going to say that again because I, I really feel that God wants to, us to grab a hold of that today. While I'm waiting, I'm not just waiting. 
I'm not just biding my time. I'm not just wasting away. I'm not just waiting. I'm, uh, God is working. I'm waiting on the Lord. And so even while we're in this season of time where we feel like, you know, the things we wanted to do, maybe we're not able to do. Maybe we feel frustrated. We feel like, come on, let's just get back to life as normal. I, I, I just can't help but believe that this is not a time of wasting, but it's a time of waiting on the Lord. And again and again throughout the scripture, we see so clearly that there are people that went through times of waiting. There were people that it wasn't on their agenda, it wasn't their intention, it wasn't their plan, but they got stuck in a moment, in the words of Bono, they were stuck in a moment, but even in that moment, they weren't just stuck, they were waiting on the Lord. I want to just kind of give you, uh, maybe jog your memory today on some of the uh, waiters throughout the Word of God, people that were waiting on God. Think with me for just a moment about Noah. Noah waited, not just 40 days and 40 nights, but if you actually read the whole story, he waited over 200 days and nights through the flood and as the waters receded. Noah waited in the ark, but while Noah waited, God was working salvation for his household. Jonah waited three days and three nights, stuck in the belly of the fish. But while he was waiting, God was working to bring repentance and revival to the city of Nineveh. David waited in the cave at Abdullah. Although he had been anointed to be the king of Israel, he was on the run for his life. And he was stuck waiting in a cave. But while he was waiting, God was working to fulfill the destiny and the call that God had on his life. Think with me about Daniel. Daniel was stuck in a lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were stuck in the fiery furnace. But while they were waiting, God was working to bring their deliverance out of bondage. Paul, in Acts 28, waited in Rome under house arrest, under a shelter-in-place order for not two weeks, but two years. But while he was waiting, God was working to establish the foundation of the church that continues to grow and continues to expand. It was not a time being wasted. It was a time that God was working. That's why Paul said to Timothy, his son in the faith, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9, I'm chained like a criminal, but the word of God is not chained. It cannot be chained. Although I'm stuck here, the word of God is not stuck. The word of God is working. Why? Because while I'm waiting, God is working. Think about ultimately the greatest example of God working in the life, in the the, the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ that we're going to celebrate in Easter in just a couple of weeks. For three days and three nights, he was waiting, so to speak. The world around, his disciples were waiting to see what would happen. But while he was waiting, God was working to defeat death, hell, and the grave. And I'm so glad to tell you today that regardless of the circumstances we're in, regardless of where you're at today, although you may feel like you're stuck, you're not stuck. You don't have to be stuck. You can wait on the Lord. 
And not only does the Bible say that God will renew our strength, but God gives us the promise that even while we're waiting, God is working. And so I hope that's an encouragement to you today that you're not stuck. You're waiting on the Lord. Maybe you just need to shift your mindset from, man, I'm stuck in this moment. I can't wait to get back to life as normal to just shifting that mindset and going, Wow, God has given me an opportunity that I can press in like never before. I can seek him like never before. I've been wanting to spend a little more time with him, and suddenly my calendar has been cleared. And so we want to wait on the Lord because while we're waiting, God is working. And so I want to give you today three practices that every single one of us can do this week, Uh, three Uh, keys that we can do while we're waiting. What do we do while we're waiting? You're stuck at home. You've got nothing to do. You're under a shelter in place order. What do you do while you're waiting? Three practices for waiters. Number one, every single waiter needs to develop the practice of prayer. The practice of prayer. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter six, verse six, but you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place, not the public place, but the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Notice that Jesus doesn't say if you pray. He says when you pray. In other words, Jesus's assumption is that every person who is a follower of Jesus will make the practice of prayer a regular part of their life. The challenge that I often find is the the reason people's prayer life is often lacking is simply because they don't have the time or they don't make the time to pray. They don't have a prayer time. And we all know that in our world today, if you don't schedule it, it doesn't happen. And I'm not talking about being rigid, but... um, I believe it was Stephen Covey said this, uh, peace is when your schedule and your values align. And so if you value prayer, that means prayer needs to make it onto your schedule. Jesus says when you pray. And and so this is a a time and moment that we want to encourage you to make time to pray throughout the week. We're going to be sharing with you some opportunities for how we can gather together and pray together. And maybe you've never even been to a prayer meeting before. Maybe when we talk about prayer meetings or when you hear prayer meetings, you go, not my thing. Well, here's the the reality during the season. You don't have any excuse. You don't have any place to go. And so we're actually gathering together. Just a few minutes ago, we had a Zoom prayer meeting. And uh, we're just connecting through technology, praying together. And it's a great place of encouragement. It's like a, a group workout session. It's good to pray on your own, but it's also to pray. It's good to pray with other people as well. And I want you to notice what Jesus says here. He says, when you shut the door, in other words, when you're on your own, when nobody else can see around you, you pray to the Father who's in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. In other words, our private devotion produces public power. We see that again and again throughout the life of Jesus, that the most successful breakthrough moments in his life followed moments when he pulled away from the crowd and he got alone with God. And so you have some time, I have some time to devote ourselves to prayer. 
And Jesus says this, that he will reward you. Your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Now, the primary motivation of prayer is not the reward. It's actually the relationship with our father. That being said, when you recognize the goodness of God, you understand that God in his goodness can't help but reward you. The Bible says that those who come to him must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. So some people will say, well, you shouldn't want anything from God. You shouldn't ask anything from God. Let me just say they don't understand the goodness of God because God's so good. He loves to, good, to give good gifts to his children. And so it says he's going to reward you openly. So let me say it this way. Prayer is not a practice in futility. It's an investment for a future return. There's a lot of things you can't do during this season. Perhaps there's some things in your business that you're not able to attend to. Perhaps there's some plans that you made that seem to have just fallen by the wayside. There's a lot of things outside of your power during this season, but prayer is investing for a future return. You know, the, the fact is, even as our economy has been up and down and, and mostly down here lately, even when the economy's down, there are some people who will make money even in a down economy. There are some people that recognize the, the potential that can be made in a moment when everybody else is afraid they are stepping out. I, I don't know who originated this statement, but they say it this way in finance and in investing. They say, when others zig, you zag. When others are getting out of the market, you jump in. When others, when others are afraid, you step out in boldness. And I, I want to tell you the same is true when it comes to the moment that we're in spiritually. The moment that we're in, a lot of people are afraid. A lot of people are freaking out. A lot of people are fearful for the future. But we as the people of God in this moment, when everybody else is zigging in fear, we're going to zag in faith. When everybody else is freaking out, we're not going to freak out. We're going to pray. We're going to seek God. Why? Because I'm not stuck. I'm waiting on the Lord. And while I'm waiting, God is working. So I want to encourage you today to make the practice of prayer a habit in your life this week. Practically speaking, put it on your calendar. Schedule it. This can be a moment that you can actually uh, stretch some prayer muscles in some ways that you've never stretch them before. Uh, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6 that we're to pray with all kinds of prayer. Maybe you've never prayed digitally before. Maybe this is the moment to pray digitally. Maybe you've never prayed out loud. Maybe you, you've just prayed quietly, and certainly there is a place to pray in our hearts, but, but I believe there's also moments that we are to lift up our voices as they did in Acts chapter 4, to pray, to pray in the Spirit, to pray in tongues at moments as God stirs our hearts. The Bible says that when we don't even know what to pray as we ought to, the Holy Spirit will pray through us. So I want to encourage you, just make time to pray this week. Put it on your schedule, your calendar. Don't let the moment that we're in just lead you into mindless uh, Netflix scrolling. Here's a little word that I'm going to, or a phrase I'm going to trademark, so don't steal it right now. Control the scroll, okay? Control the scroll. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have some moments of entertainment, but control the scroll, okay? And so make time to pray. Set a, a time in the morning. First thing, at, at night, before you go to bed, make time to pray. Join a Zoom prayer meeting this week. We'll be sharing with you the link for that, or you can find it online through our website, 
But I'm going to be hosting on Wednesday at 12 p.m. a Zoom prayer meeting, midweek prayer meeting, and we're just going to seek the Lord. So while you're waiting, what do you do? Number one, you pray. You develop the practice of prayer. Number two, while you're waiting, what should we do? We should develop the practice of meditation, the practice of meditation. I know sometimes uh, we let that word, that phrase um, be used by everybody else except the people of God. But the fact is that the scripture is filled with commandments to meditate. Uh, Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, uh, Joshua was leading Israel into the promised land, into battle. And God speaks to Joshua and he says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and and then you will have good success. I heard one pastor preach that you should have good success. Uh, Maybe that's a word for the married couples right now, but we should all have good success. God gives us a key here and it's through meditating on the scripture, meditating on the word of God. That word meditate literally means to mutter, to speak it to yourself repetitively again and again and again. And oftentimes we read the scripture and we just kind of read through it, close our Bible and think that was good, but we don't meditate on it. Meditation is kind of like, it's like the the agitator in a clothes washer. It's that thing that just turns it again and again and again, and it's pulling the fabric of the clothes apart so that the, the water and the detergent can get deep into the fibers of the fabric. And meditation does the same thing for our hearts. Sometimes we just uh, spray the, the water of the Word over our hearts and minds and move on too quickly. We just give it a quick rinse, but God wants us to give our minds, our hearts, a deep a deep clean by meditating on the Word of God. And meditation is that practice where we are literally muttering the Scripture to ourselves. We take a few Scriptures. Maybe it's uh, Psalm 91. I know it's a great passage right now. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my strength. My God in Him will I trust. And you just take hold of a few Verses and you just meditate on it, speak it, mutter it, walk around the house, get some note cards, put it by your bed, put them on your mirror. I would say put it on your, the dashboard of your car, but you're probably not going anywhere. So put it in your kitchen, put it on the refrigerator so that everywhere you go, every time you turn around, the scripture is in front of you so that you are perpetually meditating and allowing the Word of God to wash your mind of fear and anxiety. You you know, right now, everybody's very careful about washing our hands, and so we should be. We are washing our hands, getting the germs off. We are very mindful, very aware of the need to wash our hands, but what about washing your mind? Are you washing your mind? Are you washing anxiety away? Are you washing fear away? And, and as we meditate on the Word of God, soap can, can clean our hands, but the Word uh, purifies our mind and heart of anxiety and fear. That's why Paul said in Philippians 4, 7, that the peace of God will guard your hearts and mind. And so while you're waiting, 
Develop the practice of meditation. Make that a daily habit. First thing in the morning, have some uh, note cards by your bed so that when you wake up in the morning, you're seeing the Word of God. You're meditating on it. Speak it out loud. Don't just think about it, but speak it out loud. Notice how God said to Joshua, this book of the law in Joshua 1 verse 8, maybe we can put it back up on the screen. Joshua 1 verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart where from your mouth. In other words, it's in your mouth, but then you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, then you will have good success. Uh, sometimes our minds can be filled with fear and anxiety, and the way to, to uh, rule your thinking, the way to not allow your thinking to rule you or to change your thinking, what the Bible calls being renewed in our mind, the way we do that is through engaging our mouth, speaking faith over fear. And so I want to encourage you to develop the practice of meditation. Uh, make the good news, make the gospel the first news that you hear in the morning, the last news that you hear at night. Don't, don't turn on the news as you're laying in bed at night or in the morning. Make the word of God the last thing on your mind at night and the first thing on your mind in the morning. Commit some scriptures to memory. I know sometimes we think of scripture memory as just a Sunday school thing for kids, uh, but it's actually a healthy, life-giving practice for every single follower of Jesus. So I want to encourage you, while you're waiting, let God work in your heart and mind through the practice of meditation. And then the last thing, number three, what do we do while we're waiting? Not only do we develop the practice of prayer, not only do we develop the practice of meditation, but number three, the practice of praise. The practice of praise. The scripture says in Psalm 92, we're all reading Psalm 91, but Psalm 92 is really good too. So Psalm 92 says this, it is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare, notice again, it's your mouth, declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness at night. In other words, I'm not just going to look at all of the problems in the world and just feed my spirit on all of the problems. You see, there's two ways that you can look at the world right now. There's two ways that you can see all of life. You can either see it from the place of fear or you can see it from the place of faith. You can either see life as half empty or you can see it as half full and getting fuller. And I want to encourage you that when we praise, we are changing our perspective. Psychologists actually recognize that what the scripture told us thousands of years ago when it says it's good to give thanks to the Lord. Psychologists are even saying now they're recognizing the benefits of thankfulness and gratitude. And so I want to encourage you during this time. Uh, I, I know that there's challenges. I know that there's difficult circumstances. And I'm not belittling the reality of what we're facing. But I want you to understand that there is also a, a greater reality there is a, something that we can shift our mind to. The scripture says it this way, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. What does it mean by magnify? It doesn't mean we can actually make God bigger, but it does mean we can see him as he really is. Sometimes we, we just miss out on the reality. I don't know if, if any of you are like me, but sometimes I'm looking for something 
and I can look all over the house. I can open the closets. You know, I look all over the place and I'm looking for a towel and, and I'm looking all over the place. I don't see it. And then my wife says, uh, it's in the closet. And I say, I looked in the closet. She said, uh, come here, let's look again. She opens the closet and there it is. And I'm like, how did you do that? Uh, 30 seconds ago, it was not there. You worked some marital magic and you put it there somehow when I wasn't looking. But that's not the case. The fact is, I, it was always there. I just wasn't seeing it. And sometimes the goodness of God is the same way. There's so many good things. I see out the window today, it's a beautiful day. The sun is shining. You have breath in your lungs. Your family is, it may be together. You have friends. You have a church community. You have the presence of the Holy Spirit wherever you're at. You've got the hope that, that uh, surpasses all circumstances, the hope of the good news of Jesus Christ. And so I want to encourage you, even as there's challenges, don't just focus on the difficulty. Don't just focus on the negatives. Shift your perspective through the practice of praise. And here's the problem is some of us wait until we feel it before we do it. Uh, that's true on a Sunday. Sometimes when we gather together, we kind of come in, we're sluggish, we're tired, and, you know, it's about the third song in before suddenly we begin to feel it. And I believe God wants us to feel things. He says that we're to love Him with all of our, uh, with all of our soul, but we're also to love Him with all of our heart and with all of our strength. In other words, our body. And so here's what I want to encourage you to do. Develop the practice of praise by opening up your mouth and giving thanks to God even before you feel it. First thing in the morning even before you're out of bed. This morning as I was laying in bed, I just began to think, God, thank you, and open up my mouth. God, thank you for your goodness. When I was in the shower, I lifted up my hands. I know that's weird, but I was by myself, so I could be weird, but I lifted up my hands in the shower. I clapped my hands. And praise, all throughout the Bible, the words that the Scripture uses for praise are never just internal, it's always external. It's clapping, it's dancing, it's singing. And, you know, the danger is sometimes we become dependent on other people to stir our hearts rather than developing the practice of praise. And so I want to encourage you over the, the coming weeks, even if you're not together, even if we're not able to praise the Lord in the way that we're used to, to develop the practice of praise, to wake up in the morning, open up your mouth, Climb out of bed, get on your knees, lift up your hands, clap your hands, dance. Uh, if people think you're weird, just blame it on, you know, blame it on the isolation, I guess. But just take time every day. Maybe keep a, a gratitude journal that you're writing things down and then make sure you're opening up your mouth and giving thanks to God. I can't help but think about the story of Paul and Silas as they were in prison. The Bible says at midnight. In other words, it was a transition point between the old and the new. Between one day and the next day, they began to praise the Lord. And while they were praising, while they were singing, the Bible says that the place that they were was shaken. There was an earthquake that broke open their circumstances. And so I want to encourage you, don't wait for, just don't, don't just wait and, and, you know, sit back and see what happens. Begin to step out, begin to develop the practice of praise, the practice of meditation, the practice of prayer. Why? Because while we're waiting, God is working. While we're waiting, God is working. 
We're going to go into a time of worship in just a moment, but I want to encourage you wherever you're at today, just to recognize that you're not stuck. I'm not stuck. I have to believe that God is working. And I believe even for us as a church in this season, I believe God is wanting to work in a way to maybe shake some things up, to maybe bring us to a a new perspective that we wouldn't have seen if we had not walked through this situation. The Bible says this in the book of James, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work in you. In other words, while you're waiting, God is working. And so I want to pray for you, and we're going to go into another moment of worship. But right where you're at, would you just close your eyes for a moment? Would you just focus your heart and mind on the goodness of God? Maybe you just need to make a commitment in your heart right now that you're not going to allow fear to dominate your thinking. You're not going to allow anxiety to be the theme of your heart, but you're going to set the theme of your heart, as the psalmist says, to overflow with a good theme. You're going to begin to engage in the practice of prayer. You're going to begin to sow even in this season when others are zigging towards fear. You're going to zag towards faith. You're going to step out in faith. You're going to develop the practice of meditation. You're not going to let the bad news of the world be the dominant theme of your heart and mind. You're going to let the good news of God's word guard your heart and mind. And you're going to develop the practice of praise that even while you're waiting for God's work to manifest, you're going to go ahead and give him thanks and praise because he's worth it. And I believe that in all of our lives, in all of our circumstances and situations, wherever you're at today, that even while you're waiting, God is working. So Father, we thank you today. Lord, we pray that you would move in our hearts today, God. I pray, God, that you would push back anxiety, push back fear, God. And Lord, we ask that you would help us to step into faith today. Lord, that we would not feel that we are stuck, but God, we would begin to recognize, I'm not stuck, I'm waiting on the Lord. And while I'm waiting, you're working. So I give you thanks for that. Let's worship the Lord together with this song.